0: No, I thought we got beaten by the better team. I thought um, give credit to Louisville, they performed really well. First half, um, we showed them far too much respect, um, far too much, far too many players on the back foot. Second half, we obviously made some changes at half-time, We were a little bit better. Um, again, if, if, I think if we'd shown a little bit more belief, um, then maybe we could have uh, we could have taken it to extra time. Because it just felt like we lacked we lacked that conviction and that belief that we were going to get back in the game. Um, Having said that, for all the play and then the movement was good from them, I mean, they obviously scored an absolute worldie, um, a wonder goal. Apart from that, I don't think they, they created an awful lot. Um, but again, the full, full credit to them. We got beat by the better team. Um, now it's important that we, we recover quickly um, and get our, get our heads back onto the, uh, the bread and butter and the important stuff, which is the league on Saturday. All right, welcome to the show. This is the STL Soccer Report, and it's sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. And you just heard Anthony Poulos talking to me after the Open Cup game down in Louisville. It was, um, you know. Maybe disappointing uh, the way it went down, but it was a beautiful day to be there uh, in a beautiful stadium, uh, beautiful grass, Bermuda grass that the the guys got to play on a full-size field in Louisville, so it was much better in that regard, Um, a very nice stadium, perfect for the Open Cup, Um, so, you know, good stuff. Had a good time going down there, and everyone was really nice, had a fun crowd there, Um, Louisville, Louisville people and St. Louis people, of course, it was all just fun to hang out with uh, a good spirit down there. Louisville people are always super nice down there actually, but, um, yeah, disappointing result. And you heard Anthony Poulos talking about that and he talked about, um, you know, picking up and, and focusing on league play on Saturday and that was Colorado Springs. And then now, Last night, we had this uh, Phoenix game, and so it's been a little bit disappointing. Um, I think after the game last night, I got, I got a little worked up. I was a little angry at how bad we actually looked, and I was able to talk to Tyler David about it first thing this morning. Nice and early for me, mid excuse me, midday for him, and um, I think we had a really good conversation. I ramble at times, but Tyler's always able to kind of bring it back, and I'm really happy with where we ended on on in this conversation. So I hope you make it to the end, even if you have to skip a little bit in the middle. Um, I always work things out by kind of talking about all the thoughts that just kind of come to mind. So some of that might be boring, but um, it is at least addressing things that we may we may all be thinking. Some good things, some bad things, and uh, some ways to fix it. Some silly soccer opinions that perhaps I think of as we go. Um, but like I said, I think the end, where we end on this is, is, a, is a good place to be, and it's really cool to talk those things out with Tyler, who has a much better idea of, of what is legitimate and what is not than I do. So thanks to him again. Um, that's all I have to talk about today, and that's all we have going is this, this interview, this conversation with Tyler. Um, but next week, actually, I'm excited. I'm going to meet with Stuart Holtgren and um Claude Carricker, we're gonna meet up and talk things through at, at probably at Kirkwood station as usual. and uh, just have a similar conversation about where the where the club is and, and how it's going. Stuart was no sp- small part of me being uh, more level-headed this morning <laughs> uh, with his posts on Twitter last night. Um, as I've always said, I really respect what Claude and what Stuart uh, say all the time and um, especially what Stuart, was able to come out and and say after that game last night, um, very much respect that position. Uh, Matt Bird wasn't saying similar things. So um, props to those guys for keeping a level head. And um, I'm over it now. So I had a passionate maybe 10 hours. (laughs) And uh, hopefully, again, uh, we end at a good place today. So I hope you enjoy this this interview with Tyler, this conversation with Tyler. And um, you'll be hearing from us again next week. Thanks. Right, I'm joined again by Tyler David. Tyler's uh, hanging out in Finland. It's afternoon and it's beautiful there. Uh, we talked about what? It's like 72 every single day. Sunny, typically.
1: So far, um, it's supposed to be. This has been a really good summer, I've heard, in Finland. But yeah, we're around 70, 75 degrees every day. No clouds in the sky. So it's been really nice the last couple weeks.
0: No, that's great. Good for soccer. How long is your season? How long do you guys go? Um, we
1: just go through the end of September. So we started beginning of May through the end of September. Um, and then I think the snow is already back here in Finland.
0: So Yeah, <laughs> right on. Um, yeah, I thought we'd talk uh, start talking about your experience there so far in the last couple of weeks. I know you got us up to date last time we talked a few weeks ago, but um, you've played a few games since then. So what's it been like? Yeah, um so we're 5 games in now.
1: Um the record is 1-3 and 1. Um another game tomorrow actually. Um I've been playing left center back um with the exception of game 4 where I was experimented up top at forward again this year. <laughs> um we have a really solid defense. Um I'm really happy with how I've been playing at center back um and my growth already. Um, but we've been scoreless the last three games, probably something St. Louis fans can relate to a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so our biggest problem, we have three goals in five games this season. Um, We had a couple shutouts, a couple one goal games. So our defense is solid, but it's um, our biggest thing is working on our attack right now.
0: Yeah. It's funny. um, Was it Tulsa lost to FC Wichita the same week you were playing as a forward for your team in Finland here? And so we got confused with each other because I was talking about you playing in Wichita and you were like, no, 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 I'm talking about playing in Finland. It was the same kind of deal where you finished yeah, the game his, up top.
1: History repeats itself, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny. I like I like that it happened again. And especially you said, uh, you, said you had no warning whatsoever. He just at the end of the game was like, you go up there. <laughs> no, yeah, it was on the fly. Um, I think we had a corner kick or something. I went up
1: for the corner kick and coaches yelled out. He goes, stay up top after the corner kick. <laughs> so we went three in the back, I added a striker, actually thought I should have had an assist and got called offsides on a play where I'm pretty sure I wasn't offsides after looking at the video. Um, a header that the goalie made a good save, but I would have scored the rebound, so um, had a little bit of success up there for about 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And that's fun, right? Little little experimentation up there. Oh yeah, I, I definitely like to mix it up. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about uh, your life in Finland right now, games? practices outside of the outside of the team um you know what
1: my life is pretty boring (laughs) in a good way yeah in a good way um i think it's been an unbelievable experience to just focus on myself mentally physically emotionally spirit all that stuff um and just have no distractions um i think the biggest improvement i've made uh personally is physically that fans would notice um as far as, uh, um, muscle mass, body fat ratio. Um, I think I've improved quite a bit. I've been working out quite a bit. Um, and then I'm definitely working on a lot of agility and working on my quickness and athleticism. So I think that's a big improvement that I focused on and have done a pretty good job so far. So,
0: yeah, I imagine you have more time to work out and all that, that kind of thing. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Plus less training, right? Three days a week. Yeah. We only train
1: about three days a week. Depends on when our games are. Um, so like this week was only a two day week. Um, I'll do some extra training with, um, our second team, um, that plays in the fourth division. Mm. Um, and then I'll just do some stuff on my own, but yeah, definitely less strenuous, uh, training schedule than
0: back in the US. So that's cool. Um, well, also with that free time, you've been watching St. Louis FC games, and uh, we've been talking about everything. It sounds like you talked to a few other guys. I think Claude mentioned that he talked to you uh, last night. Every once in a while, Claude Carricker. So um, that's really awesome that you keep up to date. And uh, just like last time, I want to pick your brain as a as a professional and talk things through. And uh, we'll start with last night's game, which. I've calmed down from since. <laughs> I was pretty upset last night, but that happens in the moment, and I've had time to think it through some more. But more so, I'm excited about uh, what you thought of the night. Um Yeah, just in general. Uh, well, first of all, Phoenix
1: is a really good team. Yeah, let's throw that out there. Yeah, let's um, let's
0: be real strong about how good they are.
1: It yeah, was really and obvious. I also, I think I mentioned this to you maybe over a text message over the last couple of weeks your guys' first six or seven games you played essentially the six out of the bottom eight teams in the league or something like that mm-hmm. um, and so some of the success the success is obviously good regardless of the team but I think some people kind of forgot you, you had the big dogs coming up in the middle of the season mm-hmm. um, and that makes a huge difference uh, your performance and in particular the better teams capitalize on the mistakes you make versus the the bottom teams, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, that first goal was capitalized off of, off of a mistake. It was a banger of a goal. It was incredible, but it was on a turnover in our own our own third, turnover, basically. Turnover from the central midfielder. Yeah. Bad
1: turnover. That can't happen.
0: He um, got bum-rushed, though, too. I don't know what he could have done other than poked it away to the goalkeeper or center back. He was, man, it, again, it was a good move by Phoenix, but... You can't do that, right?
1: (laughs) My player's opinion as a midfielder, when I played midfield especially, um, one thing that I focused on is always having my back to my own goal. Mm -hmm. So if you look back at the play, he receives the ball with his back to the field and he's looking at his own goal. So you're right. He can only play it to Tomas, maybe the right back. Mm -hmm. The other thing, though, I I think he could have played it out to... I think Dakers was out wide there. I think he... If, I think he took an extra touch, and I think he could have got it out wide or even got a foul or something versus just giving the ball away right
0: mm-hmm. there. Interesting. Yeah, so that was um, an early an early issue uh, that uh, right from the beginning there, they were kind of fighting their way back, which is not – it's honestly – it's been really tough when St. Louis is down for them to come back, it seems like, although they do put in the effort. Um, but what else did you see throughout that game?
1: Um. I mean, look at the second goal, mistake again. Mm -hmm. You can say whatever you want about the referee, but that's a terrible foul. That's a foul, and it's a terrible one to give up five minutes into the second half Mm. um, when you're already down a goal. Um,
0: I was on the other side of the field, actually. Can you kind of explain what happened? I couldn't see it. So
1: the ball came in, um, and basically Kavita jumped over his back. Mm-hmm. He, instead of going straight up, he came over the top, jumped over his back. I, I didn't think it was a bad call. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to be aggressive, but at the same time in your back third, you need to be a little more cautious and a little more intelligent with how you defend.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so he just went right over him. Um, and it was a pretty good free kick. Could Tomas have done a little better on both the first and second goal? Probably I, the first goal wasn't as far in the corner as I thought when he looked at a different angle.
0: Oh, really?
1: It's a good shot, but it it reminded me of Seth' goal versus Ottawa last year a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Really
1: hard, but more down the middle. Um, I think Tomas got caught off guard, and I think that's why he didn't try to make a play at the ball though.
0: Yeah, and actually, there was a there was a post game on field interview, and it was it was Tomas kind of apologizing. So I think he. He was feeling that he could have done better on top of that. So I don't think that's, that's out of the, the realm of possibilities there. Um, so that was good to see him take some ownership with that, especially if, if uh, it was more central shot, even though it was hit really hard. Um, so, yeah, he maybe could have done better for those two. Uh, then we start throwing guys forward. They get a Third. I don't know <laughs> it's
1: I mean yeah I mean and I think I counted in my head the last four games you guys you guys pride yourselves on defense clearly mm, that's right. what you guys do and you've given up 14 goals in the last four USL games
0: mm, Yeah,
1: 6-3 three, and 3 and then one versus Orange County um, and I like I alluded to earlier I think partly that's you're playing good teams who are capitalizing on your mistakes versus early in the season teams that maybe, but even teams like LA and Colorado where you played second time, you can already see the improvement in their young players and their game as they went, mm-hmm. what was it? LA maybe zero against you guys the first time Colorado won.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And then it was six and three. Um, so I just showed the growth of those teams. Um, and you guys don't. I've told. I've talked to you about this quite a bit. You guys have no, nobody to play. Yeah. Like when things went wrong with us, Preki could throw me at forward even just to wake Christian up or wake Jose up or wake Seth up. Mm-hmm. This year, you guys have had no players where you can't even. You don't have any versatility to change the lineup. Really, you're you have what you have, and that's what you have to live with and find a way to make it work.
0: Yeah. Not only that, but we are desperately loaning people in. It's not. They're not loans. Like let's get a new look or let's let's get someone fresh in here. It's we're desperate for a body and just get them in here for one effing game. Yeah, and I saw a quote.
1: I think something about Pulis not being happy. You only have the two Orlando guys for one game. But something that the front office of St. Louis should should have realized and needs to point out to Pulis: you're not a you're not an Orlando B team anymore, where you can just get guys in there. It's that's still part of the club where you're you're supporting their club. They're a completely separate club now and have their own agenda. They don't really care what you guys want or need. Mm-hmm. The only reason they'll loan guys out is because it'll benefit them as a club.
0: That's interesting. A bit of a trade off. A deep, deep, deep pool versus having your own uh, your own destiny in your own hands. Yeah, I mean, you look at Atlanta United two the other day. I
1: I talked to AJ obviously quite a bit. Yeah, he was injured. They had injuries. They loaned six guys from the first team down. Guys that are getting minutes last night for the first team. They loan them down. They win five four great. Put them back up, and they're happy. <laughs> but that's not the same situation for St. Louis FC because you're not a you're not a B team.
0: Yeah, and part of you know. Part of that is not just with the injuries, they also gambled and rolled the dice with having a short roster, kind of like Louisville last year, which I know Jeremy admired, and Louisville got super lucky in a lot of ways that they were able to make it through without a ton of injuries, but here we are with St. Louis with a ton of injuries. Louisville too, actually, to be honest, they've had a short roster the last several games too, and they've been fine, so perhaps this isn't an excuse, but... Um, You know, you mentioned playing on turf and that maybe it'd be a little too scary to uh, do that sort of thing in St. Louis. I don't know. Playing on
1: turf isn't the games are okay. The difference is training on turf every day. A hundred percent training throughout the St. Louis summer where it's 125 degrees on the turf every day. Um, you're mid season. You have a short team. I mean, like I said, you, and if you look at the last three years of St. Louis FC's history, there's at least six or seven major injuries every single season yeah and I just I think that's very naive of the front office to just ignore that and not take that into consideration
0: so I thought I thought you guys trained on grass is that only sometimes or I don't know what the situation is this year last year we were on turf
1: a lot until you know what the flood happened and we were at uh oh. collinsville so that was grass we got mm-hmm. lucky yet we were all happy we were at collinsville actually interesting um but then we were back on turf for a while and then f- that grass field behind the stadium takes a long time to get ready after the winter gotcha <laughs> so i don't know what shape it's in and i'm not sure what they do but we did train on there quite a bit towards the middle and end of summer but it's still it was still quite a bit on turf to start the season and mm-hmm. then you saw all the hernia and surgeries that we had not to say that's because of the turf but you see all those guys with those certain sur- that same injury I, I feel like it might have something to do with it
0: Hmm. yeah um I think my biggest complaint last night was um when I was in the thick of, of being emotional and angry about the the severe loss losses lately was You know, we are, I feel like, a defensive side. We've done well defensively so far, even against lower opponents. Um, And I truly think we have the quality to defend out really any team out there between Tomas and Sam and and Fanwell and uh, Sean Reynolds, for goodness sake, has been awesome. Um, But we haven't been defending the last several games, um, and we lost what I feel like was a linchpin in our attack in Austin Martz, because he's just so damn athletic. I mean, he was getting behind guys left and right, and that would open up opportunities to other people. So, um, I don't know. Can you talk about those two things combined? Yeah, so
1: defending side first. I think you guys are solid defending-wise. Like we said, those, those mistakes can't happen, though. Those simple mistakes can't happen against the good teams. I, from an outsider's perspective, I think your left side is very strong, whether Aiden or Culbertson is in oh, yeah, with I Sean know. Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I think if I was in the other team, I would go at your guys' right side. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know Fan Fanwell at all, but I, I think he's a little shaky. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
1: I, defending one-on-one. I mean, I think he's a natural center back too.
0: Well, um, yeah, like 95, 99% center back, <laughs> but he's yeah, having to so, fill in. Yeah. Yeah. So going out wide is, I mean, I did
1: it for a little bit. I, I did it during the MLS combine. I've done it from time to time mm. in situation. It's a lot different defending out there. Yeah. A lot more space, moving your feet, um, you know, defending runners in a different way. I just, the orange County goal, it's an accident, but it's a terrible goal. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Last night he gives up the foul for the second goal. Um, I don't know. I'm just from an outside perspective, I think he's the weakest link of the back four. Hmm. And I think I think Sean Reynolds is a little bit more athletic than Sam Fink. I think they're very similar. I think I give Sean the athletic edge. Yeah. Um and so I would if I was the other team I and J- Jason Johnson going against yeah. that left side, that's good. That's wrong. I mean, that should have been. That's a red flag right away. I agree with you. Um, Jason Johnson. I played against some very good forwards in my life in college and the pros. Jason Johnson is potentially the most talented that I've played against, and I've played against Kyle Laird. I mean, I've played against some guys. So yeah. I think the difference between Jason Johnson being in the USL and MLS is just his mindset, not his ability.
0: Mm, interesting. Well, yeah, and they picked up uh, Forbes from San Antonio. So their left side is not only – their top three, honestly, is not only really good but loaded. They've they've got basically four or more if you include Drogba, um, which thank God we have not faced him. Um, So I completely agree with you there. But, again, that's not an excuse but injuries. Ideally, we have Barden on the right who's solid 1v1 typically and uh, a little more solid going forward as well uh, than Fanwell. He's just not in, in his natural place. I, it, I liked in the open cup at the end, we went back three with Reynolds, Kavita, and Sam, and they had a little bit of backup with the wing backs, and, and it looked. Kind of, I thought it looked solid, more solid. Um, I like this, you guys better with a back three for sure. I do too. I
1: there bet was one game in the middle of the... This schedule that you guys did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget which game it was, but I, I was like, this is the system for this team.
0: Yeah, it was early on. We talked about that where we looked more or less like a 3-4-3. And we end up, I probably by the end of this game even, I think we were pretty much doing that yeah. in a way. I mean, your outside backs, Kavita and Culbertson, are not attacking.
1: But if you naturally just put them higher up the field, that makes them more attacking without yeah. even tr- them trying to be more attacking. Um, and that gives a little more support to your attack, which we've talked about. There's not really a connection between the front and the back all the time, and I think that's where, when the game opens up, that's when your defense gets exposed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to circle back one more time to what what seemed to have worked throughout the beginning of the season was Austin Martz bombing forward, and he that dude would just get open nonstop and, and open up other opportunities. I, I I've been surprised that, even trying to find a loan or even like a long, longer than one ter- one game term loan of a guy that's just fast. And I feel like they're not that hard to find. And just giving him the job of getting forward, getting open, running his butt off the whole game and sending in crosses. And, and I've talked about a couple options there In Aiden Stanley is able to do that. Um, and I, I always thought maybe... I saw it in preseason that Aiden could play left mid. They did it in one game. I don't think that was what they wanted to do, but they were short on guys and they did it and it, I thought it looked good in the way I just described in that he's really athletic. He can send in crosses. He's got a motor and won't give up throughout the game. Um, but once Seth is in shape, which we'll talk more about that too while we're at it, um, while Seth is, when Seth's in shape, he could pull off all of those things and be a little bit goal dangerous. On top of that, I don't know what kind of crossing talent he has, but you know, those two players are that athletic spark that we could use going forward. Do you feel like we are missing out because we don't have Marts anymore, and maybe that's been the biggest problem with our attack? Hundred percent,
1: he was your most dangerous player um, for the for the time he was in. I mean, just because of his speed alone. Um, but I also think he's a fairly intelligent player with how he moves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his speed uh, speed is something you can't teach, and it was obviously huge. Um, yeah, I just I think I t- talked to you about this maybe a week or two ago. I just think that you don't know how Saint Louis FC is going to score right now. Are that you don't have like a really a number ten that's going to create something. You don't have somebody super creative up top. Um, is, is it from crosses? If it's from crosses, you need somebody who can get to the end line and cross the ball where the sport strikers know it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of them all making it up on the fly, and I think that's on Pew List to, to find a way where everybody's on the same page and finds how they're going to score a goal. One way I think you guys should be scoring goals and how many defensive teams score goals is to set pieces. Mm-hmm. You guys are pretty clever on them. Um, you know, different stuff, where whether it's, uh, I think it was Herzog last night stepping on the ball and allowing whoever to dribble. Like, just smart things like that is definitely very clever and helpful. Um, the last piece of that is the reason Seth scored is because he wanted to score. He ran hard. If you're in the <laughs> score on a set piece, you have to run hard. And if you run hard, something good is going to happen. Um, there was one where Hilton at the, I can't even tell you the minute, the 59th minute. Hilton plays a ball in from wide left. It was a perfect ball, but no one's running into the box. It was oh, like they, yeah. were, they just didn't want to go get the ball.
0: Oh, I saw it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah,
1: I just – there's definitely just a lack of cohesion in the offensive third, and it you need more production out of Kalee, Street, Dakers, whoever's out there. They need to get on March's level a little bit and actually produce some results.
0: Yes, yes. And I thought, I imagine Jeremy, Poulos and myself (laughs) and maybe lots of fans thought that Dakers and Kalistri would be a little more dangerous or at least productive, I guess is a better word for that by now. And we've kind of been needing them to step up one way or another. We don't know whether they're just being used differently enough that they're not able to do that defensive responsibilities as a pro what are some of the things that make it difficult to score
1: um one thing for sure you just made a great point is joey calistri spending way too much time trying to defend he does a good job Mm -hmm. but is he spending you can if you look at basketball for example i love basketball if you look at lebron james his output on defense is a lot less because of how much he does on offense Mm -hmm. is Joey Calistri's defensive responsibilities, taking away from his energy to produce offensively. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's definitely a thing. Um, I don't know as much about Dakers. I know Joey personally and have always thought very highly of how he plays, but he definitely, it's, it's one of two things. Either he is too tired or he's not getting the ball in the right spots from your midfielders or whoever's providing him the service. Yeah, Um, And I wouldn't consider your midfielders unbelievably creative in how they play, which is how the system is designed. Mm -hmm. But that means he's going to have to find a way to be a little bit more creative on his own. And so that might be a little less defensive responsibility could help that.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting against Colorado. Things didn't pan out, but we did try to keep the ball on the ground and go up the gut. And I don't know if that was planned in any way or if it was just naturally how we ended up attacking against Colorado. Excuse me, against Colorado, um, but I mean, I put one GIF up, which is something I'm going to start getting into, um, of one of the examples of us going up the middle, and, and the ball just wasn't perfect enough, and Herzog wasn't quite on the ball where he where he needed to be, one or the other or both, and so it was a good thought if he was if he was a little bit in the right direction, that was a goal, hundred percent, so. I thought that was interesting, that that's something we hadn't tried before, and I, thought, I think could have been successful if it kept happening. Um, I don't know. I, I just wonder if maybe there isn't a plan that they just have the freedom to attack however they think is best. Um, plus, we're just trying to figure out who goes where and how I, I think maybe this Corey Herzog as a 10 thing might be done right is he still trying to play as a 10 but I don't I don't think he is. he looked a lot more higher in the last
1: game for yeah. sure last night
0: and I think it's been better for that reason and and that's where perfect example of that's that gif I posted was Joey Calistri came underneath and sent a ball through ball behind and both guys were ready for it he sent it to one of the two and it just didn't pan out I liked it. I thought it worked nicely. But last night in the first half, it was long, ball- long balls galore, like way too yeah. many for me personally. Maybe they saw something, maybe Pula saw something, and that's why they tried it. But boy, I did not enjoy that. I, I thought it reminded me of Shilly of a little bit, except, of course, a lot more exciting and pushing forward. I don't know. Now it, I'm just I rambling know, uh, with no aim. One, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> one uh, one thing I think that's important though, if Street and Dakers or whoever's out there, if they come inside and your outside backs aren't willing to get forward at all, you're basically playing a four-two-two-two. Two, two. Yeah, unless one of them, of course, one of them can stay wide, but. Um, there's not very much balance on the field if they're consistently coming inside. So I think they are coached to stay wide. Yeah. But every t- every time they come inside and get the ball, you guys are successful in turning and running at the other team's back line.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> Although, I mean, Culberson comes forward constantly, it seems like. And so that seems to be a plan. It always seems to have been a plan that the left back gets forward more than the right. For sure. And that's okay. I think Culbertson
1: is very predictable in how he plays. Um, he's going to get the ball probably 10 to 15 yards beyond the 18 yard box. He's not going to try and dribble past you. He's going to take one touch, get his head up and cross a, not really a high percentage ball to score a goal on if you're crossing from 35 yards away on the wing. Mm. Um, I just think the crew your creativity there with Aiden. Aiden will run all the way to the end line. He'll do a one two. He'll come inside. Sometimes I think there's it's a little more unpredictable and a little. I think you guys are definitely more dangerous with him on the field offensively.
0: Yeah, me too. Honestly, I think it. I think it'd be worth trying that that again. I know he's not like your your typical attacking winger, but he could serve a role if you plan ahead. Put him on one side and put maybe. Dakers, who is you know that typical attacking winger on the other side, I'd like to see it, but um, I'm not the coach. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing FIFA in my head right now, basically. Yeah. So um, cool. I don't know anything else. What I don't know where where do they go from here? Do you think you just you know this was another midweek game? There have been a lot of them. I think we play Swope on Saturday, which last time we saw them, we did well. We drew late, which was nice, but. Uh, Carlton Belmar wasn't there so you know we thought we were going to get to judge this team against high competition good competition and then Belmar wasn't there so man, another tough game on Saturday yeah and you never know who Swope is going to have you know
1: Carlton even uh, and now they all bounce up and down all the time Um, but Swope is always going to be a good team to play I mean what if we tied them like 85 times in three years (laughs) it's always a tough game um but i think offensively i think they just got to get on the same same page um i told you a stat off there about taking shots um you guys have to get more shots to be able to generate goals you're not going to score if you don't shoot um but if you're not on the same page and it gets I get quite a bit analytical when I think about it, but if you're not on the same page, everybody doing the same thing, it's not going to translate. I think taking advantage of set pieces would be huge for this team, and you, this team, the way you guys play, you have to minimize your mistakes, because these good teams will capitalize. Mm-hmm. And even though we think your defense is the strength of your team right now, I think maybe they got to look themselves in the mirror a little bit, and yeah get back to doing the simple things right that you did at the start of the season Mm -hmm. before they consider themselves as good as they think they are.
0: Yeah. And that's, those are some of the things I've been thinking too is, is get back, maybe even just get back to the basics and play simple for a little while until perhaps, you know, I think, I think Jeremy has made it somewhat known that perhaps someone majors coming in when the international window opens, which I think is, I forget the exact date It's early July. I think, Yeah, you're right. So I think we're all looking forward to that. Um, Personally, I'm, I'm thinking that needs to be a big player in order to make a splash offensively. So perhaps, in my opinion, or perhaps we can bridge our way to that international window by playing simple, getting some draws, defending well, which we know we can do without any help. We can do that with the players we have now. But just taking a look at the team what we have to work with and being honest with ourselves, what we can and can't pull off with those players at this point. And uh, just doing what you can to get to the uh, international window and pick up someone who can, who can make a splash and change the team. But, um, you know, I was all worked up last night and uh, Stuart Hilkren and, uh, and Matthew Bird were actually not upset at all. And they were talking about how much they love this team. And, and uh, it really brought me back to earth. And uh, it reminded me that, even at the beginning of the season, when they brought in Poulos, I liked everything he was doing. I saw the preseason, I saw the buy-in, I saw how much these guys like each other. I truly still love Anthony Poulos as a coach, and um, I think he's going to figure it out. And I'm—I forgot that I had already said—and <laughs> that. I think this team, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, needs to hold on him for at least another year or two or more, if possible, James O'Connor style. And I think every year we're going to look better and better and better and better. Uh, it's,
1: there's no more changing the whole team every year. Yeah. Um, that's – I think it was a little bit naive of the front office to do that this year just because you went from Dale Shilley two years of the front office kind of ran everything. Dale kind of got overshadowed, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, to Precky taking control of absolutely everything to getting rid of everything that you brought in, banking on that, and then Pula's kind of taking control of everything. You They need to find a middle ground if they want to have any success. You can't just change everything every single year or two years.
0: Yeah. Well, and Phoenix um, is a perfect example. They kept most of their players and they brought in a few extra pieces to make them even better. Uh, we need to do that. We need to get into that game, don't we?
1: for sure and i mean st louis has the foundation to do it they're i mean they're a no, pretty well as far as the organization and what they provide for players and stuff they're looked highly upon by players all around the league um so it's not like you don't have the capabilities to get good players and to be successful um piggybacking on what you just said i think that you guys just need to be a poor man Bob Lilly's team. (laughs) Pittsburgh or Rochester, go for shutouts. Shutouts are key. Um, And, you know, Tomas, you have plenty of guys who played in Rochester. Yeah. Make Tomas the leader in the back, When hopefully when Tony and Walfall are back soon, play the way that Rochester or Pittsburgh played. Make sure you don't get scored on and then go from there. Because if you don't get scored on, you're not going to lose the game at least. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it makes like maybe a few complaints I had early on was talking about how our midfield was so defensive, and and I it it bothered me at first. But looking back, if we play Rochester style, Bob Lilly style, I mean, we could with Wallfall, Tony Walls, bring in Hilton, perhaps even off the bench for a little more attack. I mean, these guys could could really shut out some games easy. And that's
1: yeah, I mean, Cole for now, that's the way you got to look at it until I, and I, I hate this. I've heard this a lot lately. Every coach, every person says, Oh, the goals will come. Don't Mm -hmm. worry. The goals aren't going to come. You need to, you need to figure out how they're going to come. Scoring goals is the hardest thing in soccer. And that's why Ronaldo and Messi get paid $8 gazillion to score goals because it's the hardest thing to do. They're not just going to come. I, I, I hate when people say that. And I've heard the quotes from that with, here in Finland with my team and and back in the u s they're not just going to come. You need to have a plan in place, and people need to be on the same page or the ball is never going to go in back of the net,
0: yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent yeah, goals are going to come. We've heard that a lot in St. Louis on top of that i I was sick of it in week three or four honestly i was I was already done, so yes, I feel the same way. <laughs> people yeah now I'll just stop there I think I'm good man I I especially wanted to end on that positive note that we do have the talent and the talent you know especially once we're healthy is really really good at least to defend if not more than that so um, just need to get healthy again I think the team will start looking better anything else you wanted to, to talk about
1: um no I I think I'm good I like I've always said I think you guys have a good everybody's bought into the system. Yeah. If everybody's bought into the system, whatever it is, you have a chance to be successful. You just got to get the best out of those guys and figure out a way to get a goal or two. And hopefully, hopefully Seth Rudolph can, can be the energizer bunny. Um, I don't think he's the save. <laughs> I don't think he's the savior, but no. I, I do think, I mean, his first touch at home in a year, he scores a goal. So
0: <laughs> at what point, I don't know what you feel about Seth, but at some point, I feel like last night was a turning point for me where I still wondered like, man, he might have just had that golden year and then he's going to slack and all these GMs know that or see that. But at what point do you start thinking perhaps he's missing something in his game, but the dude just knows how to score goals one way or another?
1: He definitely knows how to score goals. He's done it in foreign in Sweden. He did it in college. He's done it professionally in the U.S. Um, I think Seth is the ultimate guy off the bench. Like He would probably hate to hear this, but the energy he... In a way, I feel like I was was only a good guy off the bench last year too because Mm -hmm. of the energy I bring to the field. Seth brings so much energy to the field and he's so wired and does things like sprint as hard as he can for sixty, make a looping run and score ahead of James <laughs> Musa, who's six foot four. Like it's unbelievable. Um, By the way, I,
0: if my voice is gone, it's because I was screaming at Musa yeah. the entire night <laughs> after that happened. Even even after he saved that that goal, that almost goal. <laughs> yeah, you almost had a couple at the end. It's true, um, but no, I think I don't think
1: Seth has great feet. He's good in space. He works unbelievably hard. Yeah. Um, his, uh, his speed helps but um, I do think at times you can see that he has that he has had off. he'll have a really great game and then he'll have an off game sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the consistency isn't there I'm, I was surprised he didn't have a job um, <laughs> I was surprised a lot of people didn't have a job this year though Yeah, uh, but I definitely think <laughs> he'll be a good spark plug and a good change of pace for the club and for the team
0: yeah yeah I mean, you can't at this point, Tyler, we I cannot imagine if you were still in the United States, you wouldn't be playing for St. Louis right now. I just can't imagine. I mean, only because of what happened with Seth, to be honest with you. I'm not saying that just but look, I mean, we're desperate and we could have used some guys we knew um, earlier than now, to be honest, even from the beginning of the season. I'm not this is not I told you. So I totally get that we didn't sign Seth and why some things happened and, and and it was what it was. But even from the beginning of the season, I saw what Martz was, and I was like, Seth is the perfect backup to Martz. Just get him in, keep him healthy. Maybe since he didn't get signed, he'll sign for a little cheaper, or, or maybe it was his choice not to sign, and they talked him into it. I wonder that, too. So, I don't know. Maybe I can talk to Seth and get that information that I probably can't share with everybody. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I'm My educated guess is it's a little bit of both. Yeah. My educated guess. <laughs> um. Yeah, because after scoring what six goals in six games at the end of last year, how do you not at least offer the kid a contract? I know. Um, but it, it sounds like I mean Peelers didn't offer any of anybody contracts who didn't have an option. So gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it's it's good to see Seth back on the field for sure. I know he's excited.
0: Yeah. Cool man, thanks for uh, joining me. What time is it there? What are you What are you up to for the rest of the day? Two forty-five. Um, got practice at seven. Probably just go
1: get a little bit of get a little bit of tan before the game tomorrow. <laughs> um, I already studied finished for a couple hours today, so nice. Um, yeah, just relaxing
0: until training, and then get ready for the game tomorrow. What kind of phrases are you learning right now? Can you give us one? I'm learning a lot of grammar. Yeah, um, just re-
1: single words. Um. So yeah, what could I? All right, I'll say for Seth. Good goal, Uva Mali. All right. Uva Mali, there it is, good goal. <laughs> but I'm learning a lot of grammar that's difficult um, that I definitely might not even use when I speak anyways. Um, right. But I've made a lot of progress on one of the most difficult languages in the world to learn, for sure.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I think, I imagine pronouncing all these words are in, nearly impossible for Americans. It's there's a,
1: It's difficult at first. I've come around and have learned a lot more with the pronunciation but it's definitely difficult at first it's a lot of the same letters though
0: oh good Good. all right man we'll have a good day we'll talk to you soon hopefully in a couple more weeks i think we'll, we'll do this as often as we can sounds good thanks for having me Thank you again for listening to the STL Soccer Report. I very much appreciate you guys logging in and listening for today. Thanks also to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.